Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Terms ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Previously on Terms. I need to know that she'll accept. She can't know about the next step, not yet. Hopefully it won't come to that. I don't know. I think it's long overdue that we had a woman in the White House. And now it has happened. A tie in the Electoral College. McAllister is the oldest boy in the old boys club. I don't see much of a way to get that many to vote against him. Unless you ignore the old boys and look to the women. I am a Republican, but I am also a citizen and a woman. You said that we had this lockdown. I'm just letting you know the contingencies. What contingencies? Senators shall now cast their ballot for the vice president of the United States. Mr. President. Congratulations, Madam Vice President-elect. This is truly an historic moment for the country. Thank you, sir. Your namesake would no doubt be very proud. She would also be very disappointed it took this long and had to happen this way. Uh, Yes, she would. Governor Shaw, I'd like to invite you to the White House. That's very kind of you, sir. My office is coordinating with Mr. Dunwall. I've already met with Charles. I need to meet with you, Governor. And I need it to happen right away. Terms. You ever been in this room, Daniel? Visited the White House on a trip with my 8th grade history class. Oddly enough, this wasn't part of the tour. Wanted to let you get in a little early. Give you time for that ridiculous grin to slide off your face. Ron, you must be a bigger deal than I thought if they let you just hang out in the Oval Office when no one else is around. We keep trying to lock him out, but he always finds a way to sneak back in. Mr. President, uh... Mr. President, I'm... I know you are, Daniel. We're all excited you're on board. The First Lady is on her way. I'm sorry, sir. I was under the impression this would be a one-on-one interview for the story I'm working on. This is too big for one story. We're going to need you to do a lot more. Biographer sounds a little stuffy. Doesn't really fit the bill, so we'll come up with a clever title for you at some point. Sir, before I do anything, I need You're answers You're in the Oval to- Office, Daniel. You're going to learn more about the events that have taken place since Election Day than you ever thought possible. I'll answer any questions you have, but right now, I need you to just sit and listen. What am I listening to? Mr. President, how do you justify- You're about to see the inside operation, Mr. Schwartz, but you have to be patient. Daniel's been very patient with this story. I'm sure he's excited to witness everything unfold firsthand. And what will I be witnessing? Mr. President, Vice President-elect Shaw's car has arrived. History, Daniel. You'll be witnessing history. Good evening. Thank you for coming. I only have a few things to say, and I won't be taking any questions, so we should all be out of here soon. First, let me get the obvious out of the way. People have asked if I'm concerned about working with Anna Shaw. Not at all. Look, I'm sure Miss Shaw is a real nice lady, but we're talking about the vice president. <laughs> the vice president. We, we might as well be talking about a substitute teacher or a seat filler. Any Democrats or so-called Republicans who broke ranks are delusional if they think Anna Shaw can come in and have any effect on my presidency. I have a vision for this country, and it is as clear as it was before that... 
that circus took place on the Senate floor. Governor Shaw, thank you for coming on such short notice. Thank you for having me, sir. Welcome, Governor. Madam First Lady, it's a pleasure to see you again. I'm a big admirer of yours. The pleasure is mine. I wanted to congratulate you in person. This means a lot to all of us. Thank you. Uh, I know this meeting seems a bit out of the ordinary, but that's par for the course this election cycle. Uh, yes, sir. But if you don't mind my asking, why is there a lobbyist and a reporter here? <laughs> Ron has played an integral role in the transition and can help answer any questions you might have. I promise he won't be doing any lobbying. Uh, Mr. Schwartz has taken leave from his position at Pace Media in order to cover this unique moment in history from inside the administration. He's no longer a reporter. He's the... He's more the scribe of the nation. <coughs> you all right, Daniel? Um, can the scribe of the nation get a scotch? <laughs> like all writers, he assumes every room has a bar in it. But he voted for you, Governor, in both elections, so he's not all bad. It's always nice to have a supporter in the room. Governor Shaw, I went back and watched a number of your campaign rallies. There was a particular passage from the Bible you kept using that struck me. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That's the one. And you used the King James. I like that. It's not my usual choice as a good Methodist minister, but I find that passage particularly powerful in the King James. Mr. President, I'm happy to discuss versions of the Bible or Methodist doctrine for as long as you'd like, but I can't imagine that's why you asked me to come to the White House. No, it's not. Why am I here, sir? What I'm about to tell you is known to the people in this room and very few others. I'm not saying that to intimidate or frighten you. I just want you to know that I fully trust you to listen to what I have to say and to act according to your best judgment. I'm not sure I... Since Election Day, I have done everything in my power within the law to keep Charles Dunwalk from taking office. Sir? The first step was Norvad. What do you... The story got buried, and we wanted to resurrect it. You got them to reopen the case? I did. You're the sitting Republican president. Why would you... Country has always come before party governor. Once it was out, Victor Garza made Dunwalk's involvement public and indisputable. The vice president risked his career and his family's future so you could throw dirt on Dunwalk? And he would do it again. With all due respect, sir, Norvad went nowhere. The vice president did all of that for nothing. It's not actually the case, ma'am. Norvad started things moving, forced the press and the public to openly question Dunwalk's ethics and his entire way of doing business. Which freed up Senator Schiller. His bill suddenly seemed a lot more relevant than it had in the past, and all of the Electoral College's faults seemed much clearer. That answers a question that's been bothering me for weeks. What's that? I kept asking why Schiller rushed everything. I, I couldn't understand why it all happened so fast. But this means... This means it didn't even matter if the bill passed or not. It was all just theater. The bill passing would have been a nice turn of events, but we only needed concerns about the college to dominate public conversation and to make waves in Congress. Some electors were already questioning what they do when it came time for them to vote. 
Senator Schiller pushed them a little closer so we could get a few to vote their conscience instead of their party or their state. You flipped enough electors to cause the tie. Yes. That's not... You're the President of the United States, sir. You're not... I know my actions might appear underhanded, or... They appear criminal, sir. They're not. I assure you. And everything I have done was to protect the United States and innocent people around the world. I assume this means that you are also responsible for the Senate voting my way. Well, Governor, you already had strong support. How did you sway the Senate? Lunch with an old friend. She already knew how she was voting. We just needed her to bring some others along. Why are you telling me this? Do you expect me to thank you? Not at all. What's past is prologue. Prologue to what? The House of Representatives saw fit to act on the will of the people and elect me President of the United States. Their colleagues in the other chamber, however, acted out of greed and fear and cowardice. And I can't undo what they've done. But I can promise their actions will have consequences. I can also partially rectify the egregious treatment of one of their most dedicated members, James McAllister. He served his country honorably for decades and earned the right to be my vice president. Nonsense. Julius Caesar. Has anyone been treated so poorly by a group of senators? Luckily, I don't think like those in the Senate. See, I respect loyalty, intelligence, and hard work. And that's why I am naming James McAllister as my Secretary of State. That'll be all, thank you. Ron, would you get Governor Shaw a glass of water? Of course, sir. Governor. Thank you. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. That was a direct attack on Dunwalk. It was a reminder that our first duty is to our fellow man. Do you think Charles Dunwalk agrees with that? No, sir, I don't. My feelings about Charles Dunwalk are well documented, Mr. President. And I intend to use my office as best I can to shape his policies and bring him to a more moderate... It won't work. Excuse me? Victor Garza served me faithfully for eight years. He's my friend, and we see eye to eye on most things. But even under the best circumstances, if the president puts his mind to something, there is very little the vice president can do to stop it. Victor could at least try. But you won't have a chance. Dunwalk will freeze you out the minute you take office. Then I'll just have to fight harder. No one is questioning your resolve or your abilities. No one is questioning you at all, Anna. In fact, you're here because we know you're the type of leader this country needs. I campaigned against Charles Dunwalk. I know what kind of a man he is and the threat he poses to people all over the world. I also know he is the next president of the United States, so I've committed myself to working with him and hopefully... There's still a chance to keep him from taking office. What on earth are you talking about, Mr. Clarkson? He's right, Governor. How? We have to go back to FDR. Roosevelt's fourth term, 
and his death during that term led directly to the Presidential Succession Act of 1947. There is nothing in the Succession Act that would prevent Dunwalk from taking office. No, but the unanswered questions in the Act eventually led to the 25th Amendment, and Section 4 of that amendment is why I asked you to come here. Ron, can you read it for us? Yes, sir. Whenever the vice president and a majority of either the principal officers of the executive departments or of such other body as Congress may by law provide, transmit to the president pro tempore of the Senate and the Speaker of the House of Representatives their written declaration that the president is unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office, the vice president shall immediately assume the powers and duties of the office of acting president. What the hell does that mean? Daniel. No. No, it's a good question. Unable to discharge? It's a semantic nightmare, or masterpiece, depending on your perspective. Whatever the definition is, it doesn't matter. His cabinet would never do that. No, it wouldn't. But on one specific day, the cabinet won't really be his. I don't... On inauguration day. It's tradition for a few department heads from the outgoing administration to stay on. I know, but that doesn't... Uh, Mr. Dunwalk, at my suggestion, will let three such people assume leadership over all executive departments on Inauguration Day. Why would he do that? Because he's impatient, and he has no interest in doing actual work. That means at the moment Dunwalk is sworn in, there will be only three cabinet members in place, all of whom will be members of my administration and who will absolutely support this. You've been planning this the whole time. Yes, I have. Did that scotch Mr. Schwartz requested ever get here? The letter gets delivered. Dunwalk is stripped, removed of all presidential powers until he writes a letter in response. But if the vice president sends yet another letter, the president doesn't resume his duties. You can keep Dunwalk out of office for up to 21 days. (laughs) All of this for 21 days? At which time Congress will have to decide who is right, you or Dunwalk. And that's when President Oliver Pierce will publicly stand beside you and support your claim to the presidency. Governor, I'm asking you... You're asking me to stage a coup! No, I'm not. I'm asking you to exercise your right under the law. At what point does someone jump out from behind the desk to tell me that this is a prank that gets played on all incoming vice presidents? I... No, uh, sir, sir, what you're saying... I mean, nothing like this has ever been done before. No, it hasn't. But the country has never faced an incoming president like Charles Dunwalk. You of all people know that. During his closing remarks in the first debate, Senator Carlyle said he believed every child in this country should have access to affordable health care. He said all qualified students should have the chance to attend college. He said children with special needs should have the best available therapies, regardless of their parents' income. He said opportunity is not solely the right of the rich. I remember. Dunwalk laughed. It was an uncomfortable laughter. He wasn't even laughing at Senator Carlyle's blind optimism. He laughed at the very idea that those people deserved any of those things. This man believes poverty is a crime, illness is a weakness, and vulnerability is a choice. Charles Dunwalk represents the worst in our nature. But he will be the president. Governor, you're not thinking this through. My apologies, ma'am. It's fine. No, I've dealt with worse on this campaign. You have three daughters, Anna? Yes. 
Don't you think it's important for your daughters and for my son to see that they live in a country where a woman can hold the highest office? Of course I do. Then make it happen. When my mother told my grandfather she wanted to go to college, he laughed at her and said his money would be better spent at the roulette table because at least with roulette he had a chance of getting a return on his investment. When I told my own father I wanted to follow in his footsteps and go into the seminary, he had a similar response. Even though women had been ordained as ministers in the Methodist Church since the 1800s, he just didn't understand how a girl could lead a congregation. My mother saw to it that he came around. I have spent my entire adult life in the church and in politics. I have heard the word bitch attached to my name more days than not. But like you, Madam First Lady, and like most other women, I just keep moving forward. I am the governor of the great state of Pennsylvania. I will be vice president, and I will work tirelessly for all Americans. And four years from now, I will run. And God willing, I will become the first female president of the United States. That will happen when the people of this country elect me. It will not happen through some dirty trick. I'm sorry, Mr. President. My answer is no. Governor Shaw, I appreciate you coming to see me. I wish you the best of luck in office and in all your future endeavors. Thank you, sir. Zach, Governor Shaw is ready. Mr. President. Please excuse us, gentlemen. The First Lady and I have a dinner date. Oliver. Good evening, Ron. Mr. Schwartz, it was nice to meet you. Uh, good evening, ma'am. Don't linger too long, Ron. Secret Service will be after you. Yes, sir. So, that's what history looks like? I guess so. I still have a million questions for him. Yeah. I'll be honest, I thought it was going to go the other way. I thought you had her. Me too. So that's it? Months of work, Norvad, the electors, all of it. It's over? It's over. What do you do now, Ron? Everyone else in the country is going to do. Get ridiculously drunk and wait for the inauguration of Charles Dunwalk. Terms is a spoke media production. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Stitcher, Wondery.com, or download the new Wondery app for Android. Featuring Sally Vale, Jeffrey Schmidt, Robert McCollum, Michael Federico, Aaliyah Tavakolian, Lydia Mackey, and Brandon Potter. Creator and executive producer, Lindsey Graham. Co-executive producers, Keith Reynolds, 
Michael Federico and Robert McCollum. Coordinating producer, Aaliyah Tavakolian. Music by Lindsey Graham. Written by Robert McCollum and Michael Federico. Directed by Robert McCollum. When you choose Organic Valley, not only will you be enjoying great-tasting dairy, you'll help to save over 1,600 small organic family farms who are protecting over 400,000 acres of organic farmland and all the plants and animals that call it home. This is dairy you can feel good about. It's great-tasting, high-quality organic dairy ethically sourced from small organic family farms. To find Organic Valley Dairy near you, visit ov.coop. That's ov.coop. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar-free stick. Liquid IV is perfect for daily use before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, or on long flights. Basically, anytime you need a pick-me-up, however you hydrate. Grab your Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier Sugar-Free in bulk nationwide at Costco, or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WONDERY at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WONDERY at liquidiv.com. Hi, I'm Lindsey Graham, creator of Terms. We just finished episode 11 and have only two more to go in this first season of Terms. We're still polishing scripts getting actors booked, working up to the very last second of our deadlines to bring you a scintillating finish to this season, and I can't wait for you to hear it. I also can't tell you what an exciting trip this has been and how thrilling it has been to bring this podcast to you. I know I speak for the whole team behind Terms that we're, well, we're just really happy. Happy with what we've created, happy that we had the gumption to pull something like this off. Happy, really very happy with the reception it's received. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for engaging with us on Twitter and Facebook. Thank you for sharing terms with others. And really, thank you for enjoying listening to terms as much as we've enjoyed making it. And here's that phone number again. 469-718-9504. Call us and let us know what you think about terms. Tell us your favorite episode, your favorite character, or even berate us for not making the episodes longer, our number one critique. And one I'm taking seriously as we consider a second season. I'm also taking it as a compliment. That's 469-718-9504. Hope to hear from you. And thanks. Distributed by Wondery. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Terms ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today, or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this, perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients, popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist, 
Dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.